This decade's fucking oh, over. Out. I've heard it's good. Knives Out is very good. Knives Out is incredible. Um, really, is very satisfying to see like um, the la- uh, the new Star Wars movie getting ravaged by critics, uh, while Knives Out is still in theaters with just stellar reviews. Yeah, that, so this and is, it's just this is your like, buddy Ryan. He's like very happy. Ryan, yeah, Ryan. I'm just getting some justice for Ryan because That's what we the all Rise want. of the Skywalker shits all over the incredible (laughs) like they actively go out of their way to like apologize to like the fans who complained about it like uh it has several like just throwing out the themes and ideas of the last jedi like just straight up being like no no nodes we're sorry here's what you wanted i mean they did the nerds were upset right uh yeah, I mean some of them. Some of them, lo- yeah, they I were mean, wrong. A very, a very loud vocal part of them were, um. But yeah, the movie actively has several points that are just like straight up being like, uh, that thing in the Last Jedi, uh, not canon anymore. Don't worry about oh, it. Oh man, it's fucking wild. I've never it, seen. This is a very movie. upsetting because this is the last yeah. Star Wars movie that's ever coming out. Sure. And so yeah, I wish they true. hadn't blown it. Yeah. I'm sure it's the last one ever. Absolutely. No, it is. It's, I mean, that's that's canon for my life. This is the last Star Wars movie. They this is their final opportunity. And hey man, not, yeah. Ryan Johnson is supposed to make his trilogy still, but so he won't. I, I hope you're there for that. No, they won't. I don't I'm know why there. he would. I the how nice and courteous he has been throughout this whole process is mind blowing. The so, fact that he hasn't just come out and told everyone to fuck off. <laughs> there's an extra interesting thing about this so I, don't, I mean Anthony you probably know about the timelines of these things but like okay so uh, Colin Trevor, Trevor uh, right? yes. okay so he was supposed to uh, have the third one right yes. and then um, kind of a fun thing with like uh, Ryan Johnson sort of like destroying a whole lot of um, his plot lines it wasn't really possible I think a whole lot afterwards right where it's like he's like oh I was going to do a lot with Luke and, uh, and Snoke um, and I can't really do that anymore. And and Ryan just like peace out. And, and I think they were like, "Hey Ryan, do do you, do you want to direct and write this?" And he's like, "No, I got knives out. I, I I'm good. I'm good." And then they were like, "Okay, well we're gonna maybe do something with Leia." We're like, "Oh shit, that's not gonna work so well either." Uh, and I guess that we kind of have this like hack job. The hack job. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, obviously, originally the plans for three, no matter who was gonna do it, involved Leia a lot. Uh, and it, you can definitely, because she's in the movie quite a bit, but it's very weird because it's all deleted scenes from The Force Awakens that are just, like, repurposed. So oh. you can really, really tell they, like, wrote the scenes backwards. Like, okay, what oh. do we have her saying? Uh, yeah, and then they like have a soundboard, soundboard yeah. kind of crank call type thing. Yeah, it does. Uh. It's, it's, it's very eerie. Um, but, yeah, it just... It ju- yeah, just it seems like J.J. Abrams just really like went to the toxic like Reddit communities and uh-huh. were just like, well, let's just make these people happy, you know? Yeah, whatever they want, it, give it to them. It's it's just a themeless like super. It's just the first two hours is just people chasing after one MacGuffin after another MacGuffin. Yeah, followed <laughs> by um, like needless fan service like hey you remember this you remember that 
We're doing this again. It's so okay. So they reboot the series. They're like, we're just gonna make four again, but with better computers. And people were like, hey, this is fine. You proved that you're not blowing it, and everyone was happy. And then they made the second one, and it was like good filmmaking and polarizing. And so then they decided to just trip on their faces for the last one ever. Yeah, well, yeah I mean. I mean- I think J.J. Abrams is just very good with beginnings, but he's really bad at following through with stuff. I think we've seen Mm. this with, like, you know, the uh, Star Trek sequel he did. He's really great at setting up characters and worlds and mysteries, but he's so bad at paying them off. Yeah, so if if he's the, he's the, um, always the best out of the gate at the, um, handoff baton Olympics, um... Yep, yep, so far so good. That's how sports work. Yeah. <laughs> What's that sport called, Ezra? Running? No. A relay the, race? Yeah, relay. So he's a great first <laughs> relay man. Uh, why did they let him have this one? Uh, I think he was all that was left, I think, at the yeah. end to finish it up. Well, and it was like, so Colin Trevor. They didn't call from, me. I would have done it. For, yeah. From my uh, understanding, Colin Trevor didn't leave because uh, of like... He didn't know what he would do. He left because he made that Book of Henry movie, which was a disaster. And they were like, oh, maybe you're not talented. So they uh, let him to the door, which I don't blame him. I do. It is sad that I kind of wish I had seen Colin Trevorrow's movie instead of this. And I hate Colin Trevorrow's movies. So <laughs> I at least it would have been maybe bold, but I have I have hated all of his films I've seen. So let me ask you a question, Anthony. Um, I need, like, so the genuine life advice that I want from you. Sh- can I skip it? Should um, I skip it? So you can here's, skip here's the anything. deal. I've, well, okay, but here, so, so the last two Star Wars movies, two real Star Wars movies, um, I got, my friend owns, has a business. He rents out a theater for his employees on the day it comes out, and I got to go see it for free, and it was fun. Yeah, I w- went with you to that. Yes, you went with me to one of them, and then, yeah. um, then also my uh, my wife's family likes to watch it over Christmas, and so I I got to see it twice. But the last like so whatever it was uh, seven and eight, I got to watch for free twice. Mm. Now I moved away from Portland, and I'm not going to visit my wife's family this year for Christmas. So I have no free Star Warses. Mm. So well, I would have to make time and pay not just money, but do you know what? movie tickets cost in los angeles it is Quite a bit. Yeah. obscene 18 dollars um, matinee that's what i just parking. paid for both mine and heather's tickets yes. today was and i would still have to pay for parking yeah. so the point is do i want to spend 25 dollars of my own money and my own day to see this or could i just be done with Star Wars of my own day yeah <laughs> exactly I, I think it's it's certainly uh, I've heard a lot of people say it's like worse than the prequels, and I think that's crazy talk. Like it's yeah, more, I, it's I, better made and, and it's you more like enjoyable. The so Don't. I have a frame of reference because I watched uh, Phantom Menace today with Caleb after just yeah. watching uh, oh, like shit. episode nine last night. I enjoyed Phantom Menace quite a bit more. Really? Oh yeah. <laughs> but here's the thing, like. I think it's a sp- specific viewing experience, like with your like you know five year old son to yes. um, to sort of like because all the boring stuff he just talks over. 
Yeah. Right? <laughs> um, and like, really, and you, Caleb was not interested in the galaxy's trade policy. Yeah. No, right. So he's just like, I, and like, basically, I can summarize it however I want. Uh, and like, there's some cool stuff in there. Uh, that's yeah. like, and like, and like, as long as you're not like watching too much and you don't have any expectations, it's not bad. Uh, he I, has no frame of reference for racism, so he doesn't care. Yeah, I, was, I was just, just going to say, right Fa- Phantom Menace is everything kids love. Racist caricatures. <laughs> uh, uh, well, so the, the funny thing was about this, I'm, I'm like, I'm now like kind of definitive on this. Um, let's see what you guys think about this. I think Star Wars is the like fundamental family uh, like movie franchise because like like your family, it disappoints you at least half the time. <laughs> yeah. And there's there's too many of it. It's multiplying like rabbits. And like and you can't get away from the racism that's baked in. And you have to see yes. it every Christmas, even if you don't want to. Yeah. I mean so This so is I a good metaphor. I think it has legs, right? So it's like you see the potential there, but like it's never gonna be what you well, want it to be all the way. It's also crazy how much racism there is, particularly yeah. <laughs> in the Phantom Menace. Yeah, some like, of the older stuff doesn't hold up super well. But the, that's the thing: is the Phantom Menace isn't even the older stuff. Right, it's right, right. The Chronologically, well, yeah, yeah but but story wise, that's the racist. The Republic, uncle. the Republic was much more racist. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> but like fucking between the Chinese uh, businessmen who are evil, Jojo Binks. The uh, Guado or whatever his name yep, is, just, yep, just one oh, yeah, yeah. racist char- character after another. Uh, uh, so, but I will say on the positive side, and there's a few positive things about it. Uh, Greg Proops, yeah, he's one of the I mean, Pod Race announcers, and he's a real delight in it. Episode nine doesn't have any like anything super racist. It does have. Um, solely because Lando Carissian and this female character are both black, you're supposed to know that's his daughter, even though they never <laughs> mention it in the film. But yeah, so that's like kind of like very casual corporate racism. So, uh, okay, so, you, but you're, as you're saying, with a five-year-old, you enjoyed one more than nine. Um, yes. Like, Anthony, yes. you say that's cra- that without a five-year-old, no. No, nine I mean, is still better than one. I mean, it's it's depends on sort of what you're going for. I mean, like the thing about nine, one at least. So I would say this for all sorry, the prequels. Sorry, Alex. Caveat with my own five year old. I'm not saying that you just everyone should grab a five year old and go see Phantom Menace. Well, I, you know, I sort guys. of feel like it's like any um, five year old in a storm. You know, I just don't yeah. have yours, so I'm gonna have to find one to enjoy yeah. this stupid movie. But Ezra, you're right. If you get a five year old and you need to lay low somewhere for a little bit, the Phantom Menace is a great way to kill some time. I, Guys, do you have like, any idea? What I said. Do you guys have any idea how much a five-year-old costs in Los Angeles? It's crazy. <laughs> Quite a bit. Um, but I, I think like the one thing I will give the prequels is that the prequels have, um, like, they go for something at least. Like, it's a big swing, lazily directed, <laughs> but like the the like each one has brand new worlds you've never seen before and weird ass aliens, and yeah. this is so like just recycled things you've seen before um but it is like a better like pit together it moves very fast this movie has so much shit happen within the first 40 minutes it's crazy huh um but yeah it's it's more entertaining in that way uh but yeah i mean i also think like if if you've if you have any interest at all you'll be able to see it on disney plus 
for free in a few months. Well, that's what I was going to say was that nine costs twenty five dollars. Watching episode one again this week would be free. So yeah, I mean, if you have Disney Plus, I mean, all Disney stuff will go on that. Yeah, a few months after it comes out. So for the price of one movie ticket, you can get two years worth of Disney Plus. So, I mean, maybe wow. avoid that, you know? That's not that, true. It's not, not $2 a month. No, it's two years is, uh, I mean, what, it's 10 bucks a month? Uh, 10 bucks. Yeah. So you meant uh, two months. I think oh, yeah, like, two months. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Well, I um, got it. I got it. A, a year yeah. for Verizon free, so. Yeah. Um, if it, here's, my, here's my bar, I think, for, for, for franchises uh, that hurt me. Um, is uh, <laughs> is X Men Three basically like the last stand where it's like if I wish I wish this had never existed. Uh, oh. that's like, the, uh, like like I want to unwatch this uh, and like and wipe it from my memory. And this is like I think this was not that. Like my 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 friend uh, uh, Megan, a different spelling of Megan. Mm. Um, uh, it's it's still valid. Megan. Uh, yeah. Uh, or me again. Megan. It's Megan. Oh, yeah. Megan. Um, but uh. So she was basically saying this is like this is well produced uh, fanfic where it's like it's yes, not my canon a- right I already know mm-hmm. what happened in my version of like uh, you know after after uh, you know the original uh, uh, yeah trilogy so but it's like it's kind of fun like this is someone else's take and that's fine as long as it's like doesn't like overwrite yours it's good yeah it's wait so what's canon in your world uh, I, I don't know this this is this is Macon's I I, I, didn't, I, didn't, I haven't established my canon yet. Oh, okay. So what she but no, she's saying that she already she already knows what's happened in her, in the neck after the tr- original trilogy. Yeah. Um, but she's not sharing with you. She just has her own fanfic in her head. Yeah, I mean that's like I don't I didn't license it. Like I'm not. Like, I don't know if she like. Yeah, I have no idea what's going on up in, in Megan's head. So yeah. Um, also, Ezra, I think I can. I can't, don't want to speak for you, but I think it's probably a safe to bet. I know both, I didn't at least, see the very important plot-related detail that you can only watch in Fortnite. So if the plot didn't make sense, <laughs> that, uh, that Man, may I be hate, why. I hate, I hate 2019. Um, yeah. All right, so let's wrap on Star Wars and get kick off our the rest of our episode. I'm going to keep cool. some of that, most of it, because it's yeah. really good. I'll just can put I a just disclaimer say, at the beginning. I just want to. I want to say that was not a joke. There was an exclusive. No, no, scene I believe you. Yeah, yeah. Fortnite from Rise. Oh that's God. not in the movie. Yeah. If you want, it's 2019's a mess. That's what I'm saying. That was my yeah. main point. Yeah. <laughs> I, I assumed you were telling the truth, and that's what's so terrifying. Uh, right. I believed it would be possible, but I was afraid. Anyway. <laughs> All right. Um, so let's reset our counters here. What am I at? Great, you got like a bonus episode. Yeah. Good evening, Mitsuits. Welcome back to Read It and Weep. This is the final episode of Season 2. This is episode uh, 45 of Season 2 of the podcast. We are a podcast uh, formerly about books, formerly about moving topics. And now uh, we're, we're finishing up. This is the end of the um, exit period, our, our movies about Los Angeles. And it's also our Christmas special 2019. All of this and more. Let me introduce you to your panel. Uh, first up, joining us in Northern... Oh, who am I? Great question. I'm Alex Falcone. I'm in Los Angeles. I'm in, uh, um, you know, the Koreatown-ish part of Los Angeles. Uh, and I'm joined uh, in Northern California by my good friend, Mr. Ezra Fox. 
Alex, like all final episodes, uh, you can count this having every single character we've ever had on this show coming back today <laughs> in no particular order for no reason other than they were here once and you know them. Yeah, this is going to be a lot of fan service for season two. It's going to come out right there. Um, Tonka. Uh, um, uh, Space Shark. Uh, that, that old prospector guy that was there for a while. Yeah. Just, just all the people that you think, oh, yeah, I don't have feelings about them, but they're in the memory bank somewhere. Yeah, all that stuff and more. I love it. Um, oh, actually, I do have a rock-related um, topic to bring up before we get into this topic. But first, let me introduce my other friend, uh, two out of two, um, in uh, southeast Portland, uh, Mr. Anthony Lopez. I have had a good day. Great to be here. I've had a good day. I just got done watching uh, a classic action movie from the 80s. Uh, that takes place during Chris- Christmas that was cinema, like very important towards this genre and has had spawned a thousand imitators starring a white cop and a black cop who get into trouble versus with some ex-military guys. But enough about Die Hard. Let's talk about <laughs> Lethal Weapon, you guys. Uh, did, you, did you know they, that they're up for each other's roles also? Yes. <laughs> yeah, Wait, yeah. Mel Gibson and, and, was up for the, die, the role of Die Hard? Yeah. And, John McClane. His name's not Die Hard. His Alex. name's Die Hard. It is That's canon, canon for the show that he is absolutely called Die Hard. <laughs> uh, this, yeah, we're doing fan service for this episode, so we're going to remind everybody that we always call him Die Hard. Um, uh, good but, bit. Good bit. We'll just reference it and move on. It's not a joke. It's just now it's packed full of that kind of stuff. Enjoy. Um, yeah, it is. So I thought, you know, it would be great. We should watch Die Hard. And then I looked, and we had already watched Die Hard. And so I thought, what else is like Die Hard? I've never seen Lethal Weapon, but I think that's pretty similar. And I was right. Um, but why doesn't why doesn't this movie, uh, Lethal Weapon, have the same pedantic dicks going around all the time? Going, you know, Lethal Weapon's a Christmas movie. Uh, <laughs> well, actually, why does? <laughs> I found it on a list of movies that are like dubious Christmas movies, um, and it includes Die Hard and Lethal it- Weapon. Is it just because if we include one Shane Black movie as a Christmas movie, then we technically have to, have to give all, all of his movies? Yeah. What are other Shane Black movies? All movies that take place during Christmas. Is oh. it if it's an action movie that takes place during Christmas? It's probably a Shane Black movie. Wait, is that true? But, yeah, um, every one of his movies, I'm pretty sure it takes place during Christmas. Die Hard, uh, Iron Man three, uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, Long Kiss Goodnight. I'm pretty sure the most recent Predators took place during Christmas. Uh, uh, this, according to w- Wikipedia, Black has a recognizable writing style characterized by stories in which two main characters become friends, set or often set around Christmas time. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure. I, I I can't think of anything off the top of my head that he has written that does not take place during Christmas. It's like one of his... It's just like a... Like I've I heard an interview with him once when he says it's just a good way to make everything like raise the stakes. Just having to set during yeah. Christmas time, just <laughs> yeah, it just wrong. works. Yeah, that's what he. Yeah, there's a quote from him and also in the Wikipedia about how it's just like you know it's just an interesting stutter in the march of time every year, and so it just yeah it just makes everything a little bit more interesting. Um, a little piece of magic to put in the, as a backdrop to your movies. Um, Boy, that is super interesting. Okay, so before we talk about Lethal Weapon, though, um, we have so much to talk about in a short, such a short time, but I just wanted to say, we're, we're just catching up about Star Wars, but I just wanted to tell you one other fun thing, um, which is um, I found out just a few hours ago that I have something in, in common with The Rock. You have muscles? Um, muscles, the yeah. Fat, okay, so I have a few fat, things. 
You've the killed a thousand that, fish. Yeah. It's the, the fish massacre and the mussels. Um, you were you were not in the original Jumanji. <laughs> you have a, you have aspirations to run for the presidency one day. Man, you guys are so. The last two are are actually similar. The first two were not. Wait, you guys are getting you better. Falling out with Mick Foles. <laughs> you, you knew that Osama bin Laden had been murdered four hours before it was announced to the rest of the world. What is that story? That's, oh, this, is, this is all. This is all good stuff. That's real. No, yeah. Uh, have you not? Uh, yeah, the, I've the, not heard that. The, before uh, Os- uh, Barack Obama announced that Osama bin Laden had been murdered, The Rock posted a thing on Instagram, being like, "Guys, just heard some great news. Buckle Wait, up. Really? You're gonna hear it in a few. Yeah, because he see as like a military friend or somebody who was wow. like involved in the mission who called him and gave him a heads up." So like uh but yeah he Great like work, posted you guys it. I'm gonna go let the rock know and then we will yeah. pass it on to the president. <laughs> yeah. Uh but yeah, That's so that crazy. was crazy. Okay. Well anyway, so these are all fun stories. Other fun thing about the rock is that the rock uh just had a um ice cream flavor named after him by former oh. uh, by Portland ice cream shop Salt and Straw. Is it the Rocky Road? I believe that name was already taken. Wayne the Rocky Road Johnson? <laughs> I mean, that would be solid. Uh, but he had... Let's see. The Brownie um, Bull? Um, okay. Let me pull this up. Uh, holiday ice cream... Oh, uh, he had a whole line of holiday ice cream flavors? What a show-off. Okay, anyway, whatever. Um, he likes Salt and Straw. He's in, Oh, he's also invested in the company. So again, he's doing a lot more of this than I am. Um... So here, oh, okay. Also, I don't know if you guys, obviously you know this, but for the listeners at home, in case you don't know, um, Dwayne Johnson has a Christmas-loving alter ego um, named uh, Dwanta Claus. Dwanta Claus? Yeah, that checks out. Anyway, um, so here are the uh, holiday flavors. I saw mommy kissing Dwanta Claus rocking around the Christmas tree. Peppermint cocoa, that's pretty on the nose. Cinnamon chai spiced eggnog and chocolate gooey brownie. So only two are pun names. But um, what does matter is that Dwayne Johnson had a, an ice cream flavor named after him uh, by Salt and Straw. And you know who else had an ice cream flavor named after him by Salt and Straw? This guy. You can't see it, but I'm pointing at me. It would be weird if I was pointing at somebody else. So you probably got that. But uh, anyway, I'm, look- I'm looking at my little tub of Salt and Straw ice cream that I still have from that. So... Um, called? Mine was called uh, Falconiac, and oh. it had cognac in it and little freckles of chocolate, and it was Wait, pretty so solid. You, did you not eat it then? Uh, I just kept one of the tubs. They we they um they sold it, but then they also gave it like they came to the the talk show that I had, and the the founder was on the show, and she brought a bunch of little um uh, snack portions, and I kept one of the tubs to look at. That's great. I mean, because when I think of you, I think that man, that's a man who likes cognac. I- yeah. <laughs> We we set like when we were discussing flavor ideas, we settled on the pun and what would be an interesting flavor over something that actually spoke to me as a person. Because you could have gone with like pieces of falcones, you know, waffle falcone oh, yeah, or something. Yeah. But you don't think when you, I mean when you think of me, do you think of waffle cones? Like maybe more than cognac, but no. not. Yeah, I I, I actually do. That would be like. If you showed me a Rorschach painting that kind of looked like a like a waffle cone, I think I would say Alex Falcone would be like my word association. You know, I w- I don't yeah. mind being associated with that because I will tell you the one thing about being an adult is that I always buy the waffle cone now. 
Oh yeah. Now Absolutely. that I have my own money, uh, I I'm just throwing it around every time because it's so much better. Yeah, it's when, the only when you're way not spending twenty five dollars of your money and time on a movie in Los Angeles, I just spend it on waffle cones. I don't want to tell you how much a waffle cone costs in Los Angeles, but uh, <laughs> anyway, take so the Rock and I. If, next time we hang out, we will have that to talk about, um, as well as um, you know the the mission. Uh, as well, we'll we'll talk about our black ops friends, and we'll talk about salt salt and straw. Anyway, okay, now that's the end of the real life uh, shit segment that I want to tell you guys about. Let's get into season two, episode forty five, Lethal Weapon, which I will point out not only is it set in L A, does have L A in the name, in that right order as well. Yeah. Technically, there is the one with the F in the middle, and then uh, but also it's got it backwards at the end of that word. Anyway, so it oh, counts as go. this is perfect for our L exit segment. Um, so. Let's do a quick tag team summary. So um, let's take turns picking a character and uh, breaking apart so everyone knows in case you have not watched Lethal Weapon in a while. Um, so, uh, Ez, why don't you start us out? Pick Which of your of these buddies, uh, cops, do you prefer to talk about first? Um, can, I, can I pick Danny Glover, who's too old for this shit? Yeah, perfect. And reminds us that he's yeah, too old for this shit? Yeah, all the time. Uh, so it's his birthday. Uh, and I think like maybe this is just like Shane Black's thing is just let's just stack uh, you know like uh, random occurrences, uh, random annual occurrences on top of each other. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I was waiting for either Christmas or his birthday to matter yeah. at all. Does not. Yeah, and can you as can you tell us how the movie decides to show us that it's his birthday? Yes, the family find out fun tradition. Uh, oh right, it's it's interrupt dad's uh, bathtub time. Yeah, you know, you know that thing normal f- families do all the time, especially families with teenage daughters. Uh, just burst in on your dad. Also, you in know the, the normal thing that dad does every morning before work. <laughs> he. This is a man who. This is a police officer who wakes up early enough to take a leisurely bath every morning. Um. Yeah. Well. So I will say. I guess. No. No. If there if there was a world where you were a dad who tried to take a bath, any parent really, uh, there is no world in which it would not be interrupted uh, quite frequently. Uh, also, That's I true. It had to be a bath scene because there was like this like I feel like there's like some kind of thing where it's like all the scenes of this movie have to have nipples, uh, and that's like the first <laughs> thing totally did. Because we open on some nipples, and then that lady dies, and then we immediately go to his nipples, and it's his birthday surprise in the bathtub birthday nips um yeah yeah so anyway he's too old for this shit uh he gets teamed up with uh i guess a character that we'll introduce later when someone else wants to talk about it and um you know he doesn't really feel like he has an arc in the same way uh as like other better uh 1987 uh christmas cops do um he but, i uh, guess you know, he sort of his arc is sort of like someone. he becomes more okay with killing getting yeah, his hands dirty you know yeah. Well, know. his I job mean, is kind of to be a grounding force for the live wire, right? You right. Know? Oh, that's a good. That was a good electricity yeah. metaphor. Thank you. Yeah, I think. I mean, I don't know my electricity, but that feels like it checks out. It does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so let's actually then move one outlet down the power strip to the more interesting Mel Gibson. Uh, Anthony, tell us about Mel Gibson. Um, Mel Gibson plays Riggs. Uh, su- a suicidal cop with not- whose wife passed away a few years ago, and he wakes up on his beach trailer, naked, drinks beers, and 
goes out living on the edge every day, doing big knifefuls of cocaine casually while on a police bus. Yeah. Uh, shooting people in the chest. He's the type of cop that gets stuff done and makes fun of the fact that he is not going to read you your Miranda rights. Will you? That's, that's <laughs> where we, this that's where the, we meet this him. This is a great contribution from my wife where yeah. he goes, I, I'm not, I could read you my, your rights, but you probably know him already. And she goes, I think you should do it anyway. Yeah, he's supposed to do yeah, that anyway. Kind of throws this whole case out if he doesn't do the it. The whole purpose of the the thing. That's what the law but, is for. Well, then he, he has advice. Uh, yeah, and that's true. And then uh, he is, you know, in uh, the n- narcotics unit. But his department has this pesky psychologist who's worried about his health. <laughs> so they transfer him to homicide. You know that normal thing to do. When you have a cop on the edge, yeah, get when, him you out get, of when he's got a lot of work strain, you got to get him to more murders. Yeah, uh, so he uh, begrudgingly befriends and uh, partners up with, um, as we had said, uh, Murtaugh Glover's character, mm-hmm. and then uh, they have to go and solve what they believe starts out as a suicide, but then turns out to be a murder. Yeah. Sort of the opposite of his arc. Yeah. <laughs> well, the, so would you say when you're thinking of Mel Gibson in uh, Lethal Weapon, would you say he doesn't play by the rules? Um, uh, I mean, I think it's... The, when I think of Mel Gibson in Lethal Weapon, I think of it as an incredible performance. Because I can't imagine Mel Gibson playing an unhinged, psychotic, rage-filled maniac. Uh, yeah, it's just so far really from his to, character. He had to really rein in his racism to make this character <laughs> plausible. That was he, his main he, thing. Yeah. He does sneak yeah, well, it in. Only he, homophobic. Only homophobic. Not yes. terribly oh. anti-Semitic in this one. Well, he, he is. That's he true. does refer to the one Asian character as a slow the second he sees him. Oh, uh, I didn't even catch that. I'm so sorry. Yeah, yeah I, I did catch the I'm homophobia for sure. And it was like yeah. not necessary, either of them. They were like, yeah. why would you, why did he take the time add, to add that? It, they were just ad libs, but he did it every take. Just the <laughs> <Right>. same ad lib. <laughs> um, um, is, boy. It, is it weird? I guess, like, like, is it our fault, I guess, as part of like, you know, the public where it's like, hey, we're cool that you were this, like, you know, like crazy, like, you know, uh, homophobic, like, you know, like, you know, basically, like, you know, very, very, very terrible person in this movie, and we love you for it. And then, like, we're, like, kind of, like, annoyed and or shocked uh, when that's, like, who he is, like, you know, 20 years later. Like, Yeah, I mean, if I found out Bruce Willis also shot people a lot, I wouldn't love that. Yeah, I mean, there's a difference. There's a lot of actors who work with, like, screenplays that involve, you know, racist stuff. But as long as you don't... You're not doing it in real life. I don't, you know. Well, but I maybe, maybe. So what you're saying is maybe Mel Gibson is actually a method actor, and is working on a racist character all the time. Um, I mean, or alternatively, just like yeah, I mean, or he's a racist who has like found the best possible channeling for that racism. So yeah, we, I mean, let's bring in the third character here that I think is really important to this movie, which is the Vietnam War. <laughs> so, uh, um, I'm too old for the shit cop, uh, is first brought into this suicide investigation because it's the suicide of his, uh, war buddy's daughter, uh, his friend from the Vietnam War. The reason why Mel Gibson is so fucked up is because he was a sniper in the Vietnam War. And I guess well, this is one thing that was- And his wife 
And his, his wife, wife That's true. was killed in a car accident, and in the sequel is retconned to being murdered. Oh, of course. Oh. Yeah. His well, wife's death was actually a murder, you find out in the second movie. Well, the important I've thing, seen these movies quite a bit. I, I know a lot wow. about them. I, I was... Um, so, I guess I had sort of not thought that much about how much the Vietnam War affected the late 80s. I don't know. That's a, a stupid thing to say. But I was four when this movie came out, so I wasn't really thinking much about the Vietnam War. Um but this is a it, it's like a big factor so not only in the two of their sort of messed up areas but also the villain it turns out is that the CIA was secretly running the Vietnam War from Laos and they were funding it with heroin sales and then when the war was over they were like let's just go into the heroin business and so they um are in America running heroin um through a uh, crazy blonde guy mostly and then Gary um, Busey through Gary yeah through Gary Busey who's who's in charge of defending and protecting the heroin trade um well, guys guys also if like christmas like saying thing with christmas is a shorthand to make things like more exciting like saying someone is like mr first name is like a shorthand for making them very creepy oh yeah like, oh, interesting sure. Like Mr. Joshua is way creepier, creepier than just like calling someone Josh or like. That's you know, true. Mr. Also, yeah. like Doctor Joshua makes him sound like just like a pretty casual doctor. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Mr. Joshua, Mr. Joshua, Joshua is my father. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But when you say Doctor first name, it's like oh, what a casual doc. But when you say yeah, Mr. Yeah. First name, it's like oh, something's wrong here. Yeah, that person's bad. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, he sure is bad. So, uh, Ant- or Ezra, I guess your turn. Tell us about uh, uh, Gary Busey. Wait, I already did one. Do we have, are there really more characters in this? Can we just say like that shit happened and then we were too old for well, it? I do want to <laughs> acknowledge one, my other favorite character in this movie, who it didn't. Uh, I this she's not a great character, but she's in the entire series, and that's Darlene Love, who plays uh, Donald Glover's wife in this movie um and if you are a big music fan i didn't know anything about darling love till i saw 20 feet oh from gosh. stardom recent uh just a few months ago and she is featured in that and she is one of the like great american background vocalist uh oh. she has been on tons of super iconic songs that you listen to probably that we all listen to probably weekly or monthly you've heard her voice no hundreds kidding. of times and is featured in 20 feet from stardom which is a phenomenal documentary about um background singers in american pop music and uh she's Where's featured heavily in it found? And, yeah and she's uh, where, incredible sorry, where, where, where in it we, and I love where did you see it uh 20 feet from stardom mm-hmm. i think i saw it on amazon recently okay great but it wow. came no i Anthony, i literally just like like figure out who this person like I just I just like saw this name for the first time in my life today. Uh, oh yeah, because I was building yeah I was building like a, 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 a like a holiday uh, Christmas playlist uh, as I want to do for things. Yeah, uh, apparently and, I didn't know yeah. this was such a thing for you. I love well, it. Yeah, so Sarah, Sarah, Sarah was working on this and I I was helping out and um and basically like, one of the songs I wanted because this is a, a joint um like Hanukkah and uh, Danish Christmas party. Uh, and so I was looking for like the overlaps uh, and basically there's a, like an SNL song uh, Christmas time for the Jews uh, that Darlene Love sings oh. um, which it's like sort of like right on the line of like okay I am not sure if I'm okay ever playing this for anyone else mm-hmm. uh, kind of thing where it's like this is an okay thing for me to laugh at if anyone else is laughing at this I'm not sure how I feel about these people <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, but yeah, yeah. Darlene Love 
Good uh, school. Yeah, I will say 20 Feet from Stardom, it looks like it's streaming on Netflix and not on Amazon, but I will put that in the show notes in case you want to check it out, but and I will also add it, it to my queue. It is a phenomenal documentary, and she and it was just one of those, because because my wife and I both had seen these movies quite a bit, and I'd only ever seen her in these movies, so it's one of those when you find out an actor, an actress, or someone you know from like BitPost actually has this old, whole other incredibly prolific career. Yeah. Uh, it was just mind-blowing when I watched that documentary. We were both like, is that the... Because they just started showing in the middle of this musical documentary just clips from Lethal Weapon. And I was like, what the fuck is Super happening here? Uh, uh, all right, so we gotta, we gotta yeah, keep moving because we're, we're running low on time, so... Um, and uh, I don't think this deserves uh, a long Mr. Joshua burns himself on command, and then he tries to kill everyone, and then he, he eventually gets shot twice. He's a bad guy. That's good. Yeah, yeah. We got we got it. We're good. Um, so I guess, uh, real quick, compliment spice latte. Or no, wait. What we're doing? Um, compliment. Uh, peppermint, compl- compliment mocha. Compliment mocha for the, the, the Christmas season. Um, I guess I should go. We'll go in reverse order from the other thing, so I will go first. Um, which is, uh, I, I'm going to have to go with the song. The original song by Eric Clapton, Even Love Can Become a Lethal Weapon. Ooh. <laughs> uh, that was very funny when that... I think it was just during the end credits. Um, uh, although Eric, Cla- Eric Clapton did a bunch of other things, apparently. He, he like did a lot of the score for it, but then he also had an original song. Uh, and it is... Is it, is it written, Even Love parentheses can become a lethal weapon because that'd be my favorite i'm trying to actually see what the name of it is i don't know if that was what it was actually called or just uh what it sound like what what the lyrics were um but uh yeah i can't find it oh wait here we go um i believe nope it's just called the weapon boo yeah i agree but um anyway uh i like i thought what is what a surprise twist that it was actually love all along that was the lethal yeah. weapon the, the lethal it turns out the lethalist weapon was love yeah i had, <laughs> i have uh not that many compliments for it so i'll start there anthony what's your uh compliment mocha um the kind of i'll, I'll have another compliment in a second but i want to kind of just piggyback off yours and say one of my favorite things about the Lethal Weapon franchise is I love the actual score. The oh. score for Lethal Weapon is really unique. It's like saxophone and synth. And it's just like a very unique soundscape that I really like a lot. I love the music in these movies. Interesting. Um, but as like a sort of main compliment for this movie... Um, I, I think that this movie has certainly elements that don't age very well, but it's one of those films that has just been so influential and ripped off so many times that if you kind of can remember, this was really one of the first movies to do this, this the, sort of like buddy, buddy cop, cop mismatched yeah. genre, you know? Um, and it's still like the action that is there is still very good. Um, I really like the whole last act, uh, the final fights, and then also the stuff that is, like, in 2019 is very hard to enjoy. The fact that this movie ends with, like, cops just beating the shit out of a guy. Well, yeah, another really cops like watch. torturing people. Or, or while there's a... Um, a, a shootout in a nightclub that's very hard to watch the in 2019. Well, in um, general, I mean, I would say across the board, the cops' behavior seems a little reckless. I feel like there is a lot... I mean, he... So, like, 
even though there's a psychologist, because they're like, that's the 80s, we're a modern man now. Um, we have a psychologist. Um, he's involved in a large shooting, and the next day they move him to homicide. He doesn't even have a day off after a shooting. The next day, he's in a massive shooting, does not get the day off. It's just a Wednesday after that, where he's involved yeah, I, in another shooting. And when all is he of them, filling no out paperwork. his paperwork? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I, d- I have this, I don't know, maybe this would work as a sketch somewhere, but I would love to see a cop show, one half hour episode maybe, that just like actually includes the paperwork. Um, you've seen Hot Fuzz, right? No, I haven't seen yes. Hot Fuzz. Do they do, they do oh, the paperwork? Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. literally like a, they do the paperwork like in action montages throughout oh, the film. that's they, funny. God, for damn, every piece of action first. they do, they do paperwork for. Okay, well, uh, that's a and good... And they shoot it like a Tony Scott film. It's that's very a good. good joke. Really okay, good. you got me. It's, I mean... Have you have you have you seen all the other all the other Edgar Wright movies? Because like no. you should probably go through those if you haven't. Um, what are the other ones? Shaun of the Dead and um, uh, and the uh, World's End. Right? At World's End, yeah. Uh, and then oh, yeah. Baby Driver was very good. If you ever I seen saw that. Baby Driver, I thought was right. And, uh, I didn't love uh, the um, the Shaun of the Dead. Oh. Hmm. No, I, wa- I saw it with you, I think, as back in college, and I didn't love it, and it was made you sad then. Well, I'm consistent, and so are you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I haven't seen it since then. Maybe I would like it more now. I don't know what it was, Yay, but something about it. Just I'm quite, hopeful. I didn't quite love. Um, uh, anyway, this was an interruption on your compliment, Anthony. So uh, uh, some of it doesn't hold uh, up, like all the shootings, so, for example. But, uh, but yeah, my... My main compliment for this movie doesn't have anything to do with this movie itself, but it's uh, my favorite fact. Literally, about you only all had of that Lethal one Weapon. job. Yeah, uh, my favorite. Oh, this is just my favorite thing. So I remember when this happened like a year or two ago, and every time I watch Lethal Weapon, I I can't not think about this. Uh, but I think uh, Mel Gibson is legitimately does a very good manic performance in this movie, and we've talked about his sort of like troubles off the set. But I love, whenever I watch him, I think about the Lethal Weapon TV show that they rebooted a few years ago. Yeah. Uh, and that they had to fire the actor who played the um, Riggs part because he was genuinely too crazy. <laughs> uh, and I just... Huh. I just think that is hilarious when it's like somebody out crazy Gibson in the same character yeah. and ended up getting the show all fucked up. You know what they uh, should do is they should hire someone who's just acting. Yeah, that's what you would think. Uh, Acting's but, hard. That's the problem, yeah. guys. Acting's real hard. I don't think it's that hard. I have this theory um, that it's not that acting is very easy, but I guess, um, uh, yeah, maybe this is proving me wrong because these people got paid a lot and they did it so bad. I think it's pretty easy. Here's okay. Here's why, um, real quick. Which is when I go to an audition for almost anything, it's always like me and like thirty other people who look like me. And yeah. if you can, and that was in Portland. So if you can find thirty people who look just like me who are not working today and are interested in doing acting, um, it must not be that hard. You could just press a button and get thirty identical twins for any description you can get 30 people for whatever you want and, and in la it's probably even more it must not be I, that hard I'm, alex i'm no mathematician but i feel like once you have 30 of them there can't be called twins still right no it's called th- 30 tins 
Okay, yeah. good. Well, at least yeah. we cleared that up. And Alex, as someone who does uh, stand-up, uh, saying that just because a bunch of people are willing to show up and try it doesn't mean that it's easy, <laughs> you know? But the, they like it's not just a bunch of people. It's a bunch of people who look exactly like literally anybody. It means that the number of people who are who are just think they can act is so astronomical yeah. that it must that it must not be that difficult. I mean, well, okay, look, I can buy two dozen eggs anytime I want, but it's gonna be really tough for me to become an egg. So like, <laughs> that's a good point. I that don't know if that out. checks out, but that's such a good point that I'm gonna let it, I'm gonna let that be last word. Um, as what's your compliment, Mocha? Um. VLC, you can play movies on 2x speed, and really it smooths over any... If there's something that does not age well, it's on screen for half as long. Yeah. Uh, I feel like kind of like anything that is, you know, 30 years or plus old, it's not a bad default to have. Because, like, I think, like, um, Disney Plus, like, now says, like, you know, like, hey, like, this was made during times when, like, you know, we, 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 we maybe didn't figure everything out. They should have Wait, do they really have up. the oops racist tag on movies? Yeah, they they don't have it. It's not like it's not like a it's not the best oops racist tag. I think like the the the, the gold standard is like the WB oops racist tag. What's the um, WB oops racist tag? All right, let me let me read both because like um they're they're both worth. Uh, oh, this is so interesting. All right, hold on. Uh, WB. Okay, so uh, so yeah, Disney Plus will say um. I think uh. So just you know, I searched for Warner Brothers oops racism. And yep. the first article is about <laughs> Disney Plus's warning about racism. So look that's for a Warner solid Brothers. Job, Google, look at Warner Brothers Tom and Jerry uh, cartoons because that was the first thing they put them on was when they re-released the uh, the old Tom and Jerry cartoons because of the um, those have a very racist uh, character in yeah. them. Yeah. All right. Um, um, yeah. So 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 I'll read out the the so the. The Disney Plus one says, uh, may contain outdated cultural depictions, is their uh, oops racist tag. Wow. Um, the WB one, though. Um, yeah, I just pulled them both up. Um, you got it? No, wait, I did not. Never mind. I thought it's not what I thought it was. Um, so okay, Warner yeah, Brothers got, apparently it. calls it racism, and this just calls it outdated. <laughs> yeah, so, so it says the cartoons you're about to see are products of their time they may depict some of the ethnic and racial prejudices that were commonplace in american society these depictions were wrong then and are wrong today while the following does not represent the warner brothers view of today's society these cartoons are being presented as they were originally created because to do otherwise would be the same as claiming these prejudices never existed wow um, yes i love that was wrong then and they are wrong now that's a, that's a well-worded actual thing I know, right? Someone like someone really did a good job on this on this uh, racism. Oops, racism copy. Yeah, uh, this is so, very good. good. All right, I'm uh, also going to include a link to this in your in the show notes in case you want to go look through yeah. these. Um, uh, where does that leave us? Oh, so anyway, yeah, yeah basically, uh, the ability to speed the thing up. Oh yeah, uh, nice. Uh, I mean, I don't know if that's like doesn't fix it, but it doesn't make it worse. Yeah. Um, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll take that. Um, so quickly moving along, what are a couple things I want to do? Oh, I'm going to do, um, okay. I want to do two, two things really quickly. Uh, one is because this is a legs we're talking about Los Angeles, um, from this movie, what did we learn about LA and is it a bad idea for me to be here? 
Um, I learned that if someone's heading to the freeway, you can cut them off if you take Third Street. Uh, that was a pretty useful piece of information. Um, yeah, on foot. That was, yeah, on foot. That you was can the direction. Was like off. he's driving towards the freeway, but if you run this way, you'll beat him there. Which makes it seem like that guy really should have taken Third Street in his car. Yeah, he's from out of town. He doesn't know, you know, and he's he's panicking. Um, that is good to know. I live uh, not too yeah. far from Third Street, and uh, it, it's always nice to have a quick way to get to the freeway. Um, I did like him like being on foot in L.A. against traffic, because I feel like a lot of the times the cars are moving slow enough that you really could run. I mean, you'd die from the oxygen in him that you'd take in, but you could try. Uh, I guess as a tag-on to like maybe... It feels extra dangerous to buy Christmas trees in Los Angeles, from what I saw. Right? Yeah. Which, like there are like drug dealers hiding every Christmas. Oh tree. yeah, that was a drug front that one. I think yeah. most of them are just fronts for the Boy Scouts, but maybe some of them are also drug fronts. Yeah, Wait, tell me more uh, about that. Yeah, Alex, who do you think is really selling the drugs? Oh, you think, <laughs> how do you think that they this get... is a front for drugs, which is itself a front for the Boy Scouts? Yeah, how do you think the they get down. all those badges? You know. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure one of them is heroin dealing. I don't know what the other ones are. Yeah, um, cocaine dealing, MDMA dealing. <laughs> they okay. Look, I'm not a, a, a drug warlord, but if I were, wait, wait, wait. want to start like a? Are, you're, are you sure? I mean, look, if I were a drug warlord, I wouldn't tell you I was. No, right. keep on going. Okay, hey, so if you're uh, a drug you, warlord, you have to tell us. That's the law. The law. You gotta say. It. We've done a podcast with you for ten years. You definitely have to tell me if you're a drug warlord. I do have to tell you, especially oh. if I became a drug warlord during this time. And oh no, no, that's be, different. Uh, if you always were, you have to tell us. But if it's a new thing, no big deal. Yeah, right. Pre-existing condition. Exactly. You have to report but, uh, it. Uh, anyway, if I was a drug warlord, uh, I would say like you probably would want to have some kind of drug warlord type Boy Scouts uh, for skills training. Oh yeah, that's true. Okay. Right. Because yeah. like I don't know, just like like I think like investment in like early child. Um, uh, development and training and that kind of stuff. It like pays off. Like like if you can do basically, if we can do one thing for like our tax dollars, for example, get uh get all kids um preschool. Yeah, exactly, um, like, absolutely. Be, also, it's like all the sports have youth academies now. This is like the Boy Scouts is a drug warlord youth academy. Cool. Um, wait, I learned about L.A. Just, is that all the cops wait, have. Wait, what I just endorse. <laughs> all the cops in L.A. have buddies, and I like a buddy system. I feel like yeah. we've watched so many L.A. buddy cop films, uh, and uh, it, it, it's nice, you know? I would hate for them to be lonely cops. You know, I, it's like, really... I work alone. I work alone. Never mind. We both work together. It's better this way. <laughs> we can make this I work. I really want you to meet a cop and his partner and just keep calling them buddies. Like, so hey, who's your buddy? Hey, yeah. Introduce me to your buddy over there. Oh, you guys are buddies, what? huh? That's fun. Oh, wait. What if for interrogation they play buddy cop, other buddy cop? And they're just like, they're just friends. They're just having a good time. They know each other really well. They have good emotional intimacy. Just as some cop was like, they're not my buddy. Be like, oh, you're new. I've seen this movie. You'll be buddies <laughs> yeah, by the yeah, end right. of the yeah. week. We think you hate each other now, but later, buddies. <laughs> buddies. Um, I, uh, let's see. What else, did we, what else did I get from L.A. on that? That was my main one was that the cops are buddies. Um... And the, the, um, I mean, the it's war. always good weather for nipples, I guess, is kind of what I was getting. It right, is so. always, ni- I mean, it's nips out weather. That's the thing about LA. It's December. And right now I was just, I was actually just checking what the weather's like for tomorrow. And it was like, it might rain, but otherwise 
nips out weather. Yeah. Well, I think just the, yeah, the, 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 the weather folk just like have a number of nips that you can put out, you know, anywhere between like, you know, like one and 20. I was going to say zero and two. What sort of nipples do you have? I have all of them. <laughs> Up to 20. Yeah, yeah, Alex, how many do you have? I can get, Alex, I can get 20 identical nipples <laughs> anytime I want, so they can't be that hard, all right? Uh, Alex, what if this was like that one Twilight Zone episode when that woman just wanted to be beautiful, but everyone really looked like pigs? So right, right, right. Oh, being beautiful yeah, was ugly. Since you thought two nipples were normal, but everyone, you just turned around one day. And everyone just had nipples like like a mother dog who had yeah, just given yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um well. I think that would be uh of all the things, yeah, I, I don't know. I I think I would feel bad, but um Yeah, it, I don't know. It, I here's a question. That. Guys, if you could choose a number of nipples that you would have personally, yes. what number would you pick? Well, hmm. would they? Can I pick where they are? Because I could use like some nipples. <laughs> no, no, no. Other here's places. what I like. Yeah. Here's what I like. You pick the number. Ez picks the part of your body that go on. <laughs> oh, no. I mean, I don't want to be like you know. No, I, I feel like we'll we'll negotiate together, right? Like, I, I want this to be a good situation for everyone involved. Like, <laughs> if you have strong opinions about both, great. Let, let's hear them out. I think we can find a way to make it work. Can I get one nipple? Just yes. one center mass right in the middle of my body. <laughs> Just, or anything particular, or just just because you feel like you like the yeah. The, what is? What do you need? Like that? I I would just like something to be symmetrical with my belly button. I think oh. you know, just one. You know, kind of like a, a little bit more. Well, then why not on your back? Because if you have an itty belly button all the way through that. and an Audi nipple I'll, on the other side, it just looks like I, I'm not a fucking lunatic, Alex. <laughs> I don't need a nipple on my back. You sick fuck. You said you like symmetry. Yeah, symmetry on the chest. If you have to turn something around, it's not symmetry. Yeah, rotational symmetry, that's bullshit. Yeah, that's, yeah that's, I want no symmetry one's into on that a flat plane. Yeah. Um, right. Alex, you can have one on your on your back if you like for, for your for your nipple wish. I would just actually, right now, I would just, because I'm going to keep the two on my chest and I want two on my back exactly on the mirror side because I'm all about rotational symmetry. Mm. Oh, wow. You get a lot of, oh, I feel like you get a lot of symmetry that way, right? Because you, you would get rotational, but you have like, um, in, multiple directions you'd have like, yeah top uh, down yeah if you look at me in profile uh-huh. plus my shoulder blades kind of like you know everyone says shoulder blades are the boobs of your back that's true that's what that's they true. say and everyone so, says that and so you yeah. have you have that symmetry as well or as um, i like to call uh my 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 breasts i like to call them uh chest blades oh yeah the blades of the chest the shoulder blades of the chest yeah um, great, we solved that one. So, um, I guess... I really hope that, that 45 seconds right there, I hope that's what we're remembered for, ultimately. <laughs> and, I really and, hope that when people look back on us <laughs> as a trio, you don't that's think, the bit that stands You don't out. think it was our, uh, 10-minute discussion of letter, sh- or number-shaped, numerical-shaped ding-dongs that we talked about last week? No, I think nipplebacks is really it gonna be really the thing. Nickelback, nick, nipplebacks? Nickelback. Nickelback. Oh, oh, my God. Man. <laughs> Dude, our topless Nickelback cover band. Nickelback. <laughs> Nickelback. I, I, I think the important thing to take away from this is no one will ever know who started this topic of conversation, and no one needs to look into it. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's the same thing with the number dongs. Okay. Um, no, one, uh, no one ever knows. I just want to, I guess, really quick, really quick, I wanted to bring up a uh, yours is not a very good evil plot. Yeah, that's a great reference to our past episodes that fans will enjoy. Perfect. Yes, fan service here. I uh, the the bad guys in this movie are so weird. Um, I mean, technically, they, their evil plot is working flawlessly for years until one guy yeah. tries to blow the whistle. So it really is that one wink, wink, and then and kind of overreacting. They kind yes. of get themselves into more yes. trouble, but their plan itself is—we don't really well, guess, know what yeah. it is, but it seems good. It's the—it's it's, yeah, it's those, it, yeah. The reactionaryism yeah. is really dangerous because the other thing. So okay, so so the, they're the, a secret CIA shadow group that is now just running the heroin trade in yeah. the world, and they're mercenaries, super yeah. good. Or, at it. Yeah, and what's the opposite of a secret shadow group? Is there like a like a I guess like a public spotlight group? Yes, exactly. Like, hey, yeah, we yeah. Want everyone it's, know they're called a We're the ones that are doing this, and we're crushing it. Yeah. Um. You, you, the, the, you're just described everyone on Instagram. <laughs> so I think. So anyway. So they they have the secret the, the secret cabal. Wait. So just like thirst thirst traps for drugs, basically, where yeah, it's like, oh, yeah, these are some exactly. great drugs. Exactly. That we have. Everyone check it out. Um. Drug so, goals. So they uh uh so so they they run all the heroin everywhere. Um. The guy tries to blow the whistle, so they kill his daughter, which is gnarly. Um, and, but then he says during, they're interviewing him and he's like, well, look, they're like, well, aren't you worried for yourself? And he's like, no, they can't kill me. I'm the bank front. They need me. And then they immediately shoot him from a helicopter. So he was vastly wrong about their level of needing him, or they just decided they don't need him. And now they have no front. And then, okay. So all he's, he told the, the cops everything about the CIA and such. Uh, but then they spend the next rest of the movie next hour and expend all of their personnel just torturing these cops to find out what they know like well i mean these are also the the people who who want to kill a potential witness so rather than just like killing her they rig a massive explosion in her house which is going to draw way more attention than just like they're, subtly they're killing so someone. sloppy for everything that we see in the movie that I just don't know. Like, what was there a change I, of leadership right at the beginning of the movie? No, well, I have a real big theory about this, guys. Mm-hmm. Where it's just like their main idea was that they're going to blow up or kill anyone that comes in contact with these two cops. But right. the problem is when they catch the cops, they don't know what to do next. That's why they have to torture them. Where it's like, look, we we want we can't just let you go. But also, we need to have you go somewhere else so we know who to kill and blow up. And so then it was just a real conundrum, you know? Yes, yeah, yeah, so uh, they had the bylaws of the, of the uh, shadow government cabal. I, I think it's really up, yeah. more like a, uh, a Rambo first blood sort of thing. When it's like they don't know how to do anything else. You know, they have just been operating in war zones for so oh. long. In which, and what, you expect them to come back and do something subtle? Every you know, they, like a nail. Yeah, they've just been planting bombs mm, and shooting yeah. people out of helicopters for years, you know? And they, they don't they know how to do subtle anymore. And what they didn't realize is that the most lethal weapon is love. Is love. Yeah. Okay, so our, our final question for season two um, is, does it fuck lethal weapon? 
Does it fuck, you guys? Um, let's have uh, Ez. No, wait, Anthony, it's your turn to go first. You haven't gone first yet on anything. Mm. Anthony, go first. Lethal Weapon, 1987. Does it fuck? Uh, yes, I I would say it does. I would say it fucks a little bit less than some of its sequels. I think oh, really? all four of them are pretty fun. Um, really? It can, they, get, they, it, they improve. This is a sequel better than the original yeah. sort of thing. I've well, seen I, some I, of I, the sequels before, yeah. Well, I mean, they all like, they all blend together a lot from just, I, I've seen them in my growing up quite a bit. Uh, but, you know, two has the bomb in the toilet scene oh, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Diplomatic, diplomatic immunity. Which are fucking great. I've not seen these Three. movies, but I did just see... The, I just rewatched the Mythbusters episode where they tried yeah. to do that bomb in the toilet thing. And it turns yeah. out, it actually is like easy... It's the, the, the methodology of getting away from the toilet bomb by um, uh, spraying it with... Uh, was it pouring liquid nitrogen on it? Um, turns out it works way better than they even thought. So it, then oh, wow. they even made yeah, it seem right. in the movie. It actually is. Mo- so the movie was actually being conservative about how to get away from that bomb yeah. as opposed to normally uh, action movies like exaggerating stuff. It was really fun. Yeah. Uh, huh. Three's got Joe Pesci and Rene Russo. Four has Joe Pesci, Rene Russo, Chris Rock, and Jet Li. Whoa. Okay. Um, and some more racism that's maybe not super cool and hasn't held up super well. I oh, haven't seen four in a long time. I remember that. I remember that yeah. one. I have not seen four in a long time, but three. Well, here's what I, I know: like is that every movie Chris Rock is acting in is a great movie. Yeah, that's true. It's a real sign of a uh, high quality. Yeah, it's like you're uh, you're really uh, careful about your acting talent. But I really love that Richard Donner uh, was a big believer in uh, um, stopping apartheid in South Africa, and that is a you know there's like uh stickers of that in the background of this and there's uh in a lot oh, yeah. of his movies there's signs and stickers and images hidden in the background and two is all about um south african apartheid uh, so you know there's some more interesting That's ideas in them i like richard donner as a director quite a bit i really enjoy his style uh and i think he makes some pretty good movies so he made all four of them they're all right. They're all fun, okay-ish action films. I think that the four of them are better than really all the Die Hard movies in terms of how they hold up. So, uh, we, I, so I, I mean, the first Die Hard movie, uh, the first Die Hard, I enjoyed very much for this show. Yes, and we watched the second Die Hard like the next Christmas, and was kind of it was okay. It had some fine stuff. Um, but I will go next with Does It Fuck? I feel like uh, Lethal Weapon doesn't fuck really for me it did not fuck the whole night i was waiting for it to fuck and it just didn't get me and i i liked the die i like the diehards uh so much more than this um i probably would like uh star wars episode one with caleb more than this i just it just did not he's a great watching buddy guys i'm sure he is um he seems so rad um but i just yeah just this did not get me i do not care about mel gibson uh in this movie i just so the character does like i just don't there's no heart in this character i don't want him to win i don't want him to do well the final scene where he's like you beat him you could arrest them is like no i want to fist fight him in the mud with the with with a bunch of cops surrounding us i just want to give him a chance to beat me in jujitsu first and i hate that so much i just like just that felt like it was that energy it was that um 
that crazy homophobic killing energy going on without anything particularly fun for me like Die Hard has. Um, Well, no, Die Hard is a better movie. No one's saying it's not. I'm just saying there are more shitty Die Hard sequels than there are bad Lethal Weapon sequels. Well, I mean, uh, in part because one of the Die Hard sequels was supposed to be a Lethal Weapon movie. Wait, really? (laughs) Three. Yeah, it was supposed to be Lethal Weapon originally. And they just switched... They just switched it. I mean, yeah, you can you can make anything uh, die hard if you want to. Huh. You can die yeah. hard anything. <laughs> just buy the script, change the control, fine, change the names. They've done it all the time. Well, in but, Hollywood. but one of those, he's like a solo, and the other one, he's a buddy. Well, he's Die Hard Three is the buddy. Oh, okay. Sam and Samuel oh, Jackson. I haven't seen that one yet. Okay, should have watched that well, instead of this. I, die Hard Three is actually legit pretty good. Doesn't I takes like place in New York and not during Christmas, so it would not really fit with this thing. <laughs> it doesn't work with our current theme. Yeah, that's too bad. Yeah. I did not. I just didn't. Uh, I just didn't care for it. I agree that Mel Gibson's craziness is kind of interesting. His ability to play crazy, but just the the setup. I just I, and I also I just felt like I, at no point did I understand, let alone empathize with any decision any person made. I like from the bathtub scene on. I was just like, what is going on with anybody here? The like it just and we like from the opening with the boob lady and her suicide like there's just no uh, uh I mean it was a two nips out day in in L A the weather wise but she just like is like laying on a couch topless and is like I feel like I should maybe get up and jump off this balcony and then she does and then they're like oh it's the it's the the drugs uh, that were poisoned that made her do that um but it doesn't seem like that. That doesn't. It's not how drugs work. I don't think. That's it. Anyway, just the whole that, rest of it. I was that, like, none of this makes any goddamn sense to me. Why is any of this happening? I didn't like it. Yeah. Did not fuck for me. Um, yeah. Anyway, that's for me. Ez, nineteen eighty-seven, uh, Lethal Weapon, not Die Hard. Lethal Weapon, does it fuck? Okay. Uh, Wait, sorry. So, I want to try that again. Oh, I, uh, Lethal Weapon, great. does it fuck? Mm, um so what one i guess uh, we'll do something new for season three great thank you i'm really i'm really sorry for introducing alex to the desert fuck uh question (laughs) i i have regretted it so much it's been nothing but a joy for me i don't understand why you're not enjoying it as much as i am no, I'm enjoying it, honestly. It's other people's non-enjoyment of it. Yes, then I that's, feel I bad. think, actually what I enjoy the most. Yeah. <laughs> Which is the foundation, the founding principle of the show, Ezra, is that our disenjoyment is enjoyable for other people. I think you yeah. must understand that the, you're the reason why it still works. Well, it, it's it's like worst, singing but... people happy birthday. Like, if they liked it, it would be creepy and it wouldn't. no one would do it. The fun of singing happy birthday is watching someone be sad. I you have such a fucked up idea of how people work, Alex. It's amazing. Yeah. But am I wrong? Imagine, like, imagine y- yes. a group of people, yes. and you're like, "Let's sing Happy Birthday," and the person is like, "Yeah, bring it on, guys." That's yeah, what like, happens with kids. Yeah, like ten year olds, Alex. You yeah, sick sure. fuck. No, with ten year olds, it's different. You're... I don't. I don't want ten year olds no. to be sad. But adults, the reason you sing at a place is because it's embarrassing them. And if they weren't embarrassed, I... it would lose its power. Yeah, I, I just think you have a real warped sense of what is happening. You're blaming me world, for the man. world. I'm just an observer. Anyway, no. this is Ezra's time. Ezra, does it fuck? Does it fuck? No, 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 and no. Yeah, it did um, even at two x speed. It didn't fuck for you. 
Uh, <laughs> no, you can't just speed things up and assume they fuck. Um, <laughs> well, that's what I usually do. Guess that's uh, what I've been going wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, here's, here's, here's the thing. Like, it's, it's not, like, I can see why, I can see why this would be, like, a good thing. Uh, actually, like, I can see the importance of this, of the roots. Um, I can't really at this point, I didn't want to, like, separate out, like, like, the actor from, like, the role. Uh, that yep. felt uncomfortable for me. Sure. And I think the other part is just, like, oh, my memory lens is, like, this is the thing that I want to pass on, like, to the kids. Like, like, will I, like, will I be like, hey, like, like, Caleb and Maya, like, let's go sit down and watch Lethal Weapon. Like, I don't think I want to, like, like, co-sign that. But, like, for, like, for Die Hard, yeah, I'll be like, hey, guys, yeah. this is a really fun one. Like, you're old enough now. Let's go check out Die Hard. Yeah. Um, so, I think it's like, like, this is the thing that, like, I want to pass on to generations, you know, uh, you know, uh, the next generation. Like, nah. I'm, I'm good. It can stay. I love that framing. I also feel like this, these are some questions that for that we're going to talk about more in season three in our um, slightly condescending film school that I just want to understand, which is like, how am I supposed to feel about something that is foundational to a genre, even if I don't like it? Like, what is the responsibility if I'm like, this is bad, but it spawned all these great things? Or it's like, this is bad, but it's doing all these things that are innovative at the time, and so that would blow your mind. But now that you've seen all the, the, the way it's evolved over time, the original thing doesn't feel like anything, so you just notice all the cracks. Um, how does that, like, how am I supposed to process those those ideas? Um, yeah, that's like that's the thing that I want to talk about in film school later. Looking forward to it. Yeah. Um, also, it maybe looks like that was totally a myth about um, Die Hard 3 being Lethal Weapon 4 originally. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. It, it looked like it was actually supposed to be like a... Um, a uh, star vehicle for Brandon Lee. Oh, okay. Well, interesting. Yeah, it definitely was something else that they yeah. bought and just added the diehardness to it. Yes, they dieharded up. I definitely know that. Yeah, I mean that does. Uh, yeah, that ha- happens for sure. Um, all right. Well, so uh, that's yeah. That's that's one out of three fucks. If we were to give it a rating yeah. for the day. And, you know, I I just want to say, Mel Gibson's a real fucked up guy, and if you don't want to support his work, I absolutely understand that, uh, but Apocalypto is a pretty good movie, I uh, and I learned today, I learned today that he is currently filming Passion of the Christ 2 right now, oh. and I am so confused about that. <laughs> uh, um, that was my what? biggest... Yeah, he's currently, they are currently filming Passion of the Christ 2 right now. You you know Passion of the Christ, what was the largest O-rated movie ever made until the Joker just surpassed it? Whoa, no kidding? (laughs) The world is combination. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The only thing that can beat Jesus is the Joker. (laughs) Uh, Oh, is it all all J, single J names? Could be. Like, Yeah. What if we did like a movie just all about Jessica Tandy called Jessica? Would that work? We, it has to be rated O, but we'll make a billion dollars. I was going to suggest an Alien v Predator kind of situation: Jesus versus the Joker. Oh no! Hey, no, no, no. Buddy cop team up, buddy cop team up, guys! Obviously, <laughs> get Shane Black. Yeah. Oh my God! He's it's Christmas straight. time. It's Christmas time. Of course, it's Christmas <laughs> time. It's Jesus not, comes back. and just it's, like it's just like birthday. Johnny Glover, it's also his birthday. Yeah. Who's the wait? But like, Joker is a straight person, right? Like, no, Joker's the wild card. You know, Jesus is the down to earth normal guy. Yeah, Jesus is thirty five. He's He's too old for this shit. Yeah, (laughs) 
Hey, he's 33. Well, I guess oh, yeah. when he came back, he might be older. Yeah. But. He bummed around for like in the Southwest for a couple of years and then. Yeah. yeah. And man, it's just, it's just him and the Joker talking about the war. I okay. Look in your version. In my head, in your version, like it's fine if Jesus wants to be too old for this shit. In my head canon, though, which is the real one, yeah, yeah. Uh, Joker, Joker is like, like he's been like, because like he's been like a, a, a Batman villain for like decades and decades and decades, right? Um, so I think Jesus is the one who's like has this like whole like you know crazy like you know like uh, I'm invincible like you know like Messiah complex thing going, and Joker's like yeah yeah turn it down man. Uh, that's how it's going in in my. Is it still a Messiah complex if you are the Messiah? Uh, maybe it's a messiah simplex because it's like it's pretty basic. Like it's like actually no, it's just that is what it is. I live in a, I like a messiah duplex. I think it's a good it's an efficient use of space. And if you can find a renter, yeah, it basically pays for your messiah mortgage. Exactly. So good job, <laughs> mortgage. All right, that's a weird clunky place to end, but that's what we're gonna do. Great year, everyone. <laughs> Another decade in the books for Reed and Weep. All right, everybody, that is it for our show. Thank you so much for joining us. Wow, we re- this really is... We're going into our third decade. Uh, this is going to be our third 20, then a number that we've had. To, to three more, am I right, gentlemen? <laughs> Maybe this, this is the year where we'll figure out what this show is supposed to be about and how to do a good version of it. This... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I mean, well, it's not. Does it fuck? Apparently, we, we're going to try something else now. Um, Have we done ten thousand hours of this? What's the Malcolm? We, yeah, we might be. Well. About, we might be doing the best version of the show possible now. We might. That I think the thing about ten thousand hours that people miss is that it's like directed practice. It's, yeah, you definitely have to try to practice specific things. Well, yeah, well they have you have to do the right I, things because we have tried really hard at a lot of incorrect things for this show. Also, can I say something about that ten thousand hour thing? Yeah. That's something that I, you know, people say all the time. Yeah, Was but I recently, for uh, I've recently been listening to some Malcolm McGet- uh, Gladwell's opinions, and that guy's a fucking idiot. He doesn't know what he's talking about with anything. Oh no, that guy, that guy <laughs> sucks. So I, I was just like, anytime I hear that now, I'm like, yeah, yeah that's what a podcast. It, where is he sucking so much? That you- no, just his shitty centrist beliefs. He's oh, the worst. Okay. Yeah. Fuck that guy. Um, um, he, he's he's pretty smart about some stuff. I, I'm not gonna say. No, nah, he's everything. an idiot. <laughs> he's an idiot. He um, does so like to debate. That he sometimes publicly. So I like the idea of Malcolm Gladwell versus Anthony Lopez podcaster, and you just I, tell him he's an idiot. I'm not gonna waste my time on that jackass. Yeah, Fuck that guy. You? I have a, I have an honest question for 2020 and beyond. Yeah. Will we have anyone left, like, to look up to? Like, real talk. Is there anyone we left? Or are we just, like, assuming that if someone's in the public eye, they're, like, not Tom Hanks good. seems all right. Yeah, Tom Hanks is doing well. And The everyone, Rock? Everyone, everyone, everyone just let's, let's do it. And also, what about, what about women, Ezra? What's that? What about women? Yeah. Like, so, so far, the women in the public eye have mostly escaped Me Too unscathed. I don't know. Weird coincidence. Well, I mean... I mean, I'm well, not just saying Me Too is the issue. Like, we yeah. still have Elizabeth Holmes. Yeah, I mean, what if yeah, yeah what if we had, uh, you know, people who look up to J.K. Rowling dealing with that bullshit? Yes. Or yeah, that's that true. That shit that's that Jane weird. Lynch posted the other day that was super obnoxious. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Here, I just but, think um, maybe... Um, maybe... Uh, 
we should not get to find out what people are thinking. No, I like finding out what people are thinking, because I've thought in J.K. Rowling sucked for a long time, and now I'm really glad oh. that everyone else is on that chain. Yeah, she really has sucked recently, uh. but what about... Okay, but so... But here's the thing, like, Tom Hanks is not tweeting, probably. He tweets a little bit. Does he? Yeah. I think I, I, I think mean, maybe, yeah. though, what we've learned is that Twitter is the thing that we built as a society that kills us. Oh, that's for sure. Like, this but I, This is 100% been our downfall. No, I, the thing is, I can't, like, J.K. Rowling, there's certain people just looking, like, she just is, like, looking for avenues to put her toxic beliefs out there. Tom Hanks seems like he's genuinely would be like, hey, man, that's cool. I'm happy for you guys, you know? I can't imagine him having any backwards beliefs. Yeah, he does Maybe seem he all does. right. And his son seems all right, too. I don't know. And his son yeah. seems so much like him, which I enjoy. All right. So uh, in the next decade, Tom Hanks, The Rock, and women, except for Elizabeth Holmes and J.K. Rowling, um, and maybe Jane Lynch. Um, so, like, still, as a percentage, women and yeah, Tom Hanks. All right. Well, then, please, yeah. Like, in the new year, let us keep some people. Let us have some nice things, world. I, I don't need everything. I mean, also, Just, you know, maybe we are the problem. You know, we're the reason we can't have nice things. You know? All right. Well, then, I guess we deserved it. Yeah. I feel like we, we're getting what we deserve. Um, okay, yeah. In 2020, let us get what we deserve, but... I hope we deserve a little better than this. Let's try. Yeah, we'll just, let's just try to earn it. You know, let's let's be the change we want to see on Twitter. Um, I'm, I'm still not on Twitter. Who knows? Anyway, so uh, you guys, yeah, that's it. Thank you so much for spending another year with us. Um, I hope you've enjoyed season two. Uh, it doesn't hold up. I think it's been a really fun uh, journey. I think we've gotten a lot. We've gotten a lot of interesting places this year. Um, I'm really excited about season three. Uh, slightly condescending film school. I have. Um, I like like I've been part of a podcast that's largely about movies for over ten years. It was like twelve years now, and uh, uh, maybe eleven. Anyway, uh, for a long time, and I don't know anything about movies, which I show you every week. And so I'm I'm excited to learn some things and have some discuss some more interesting discussions where we actually de- t- talk about movies as if we cared about being better at talking about movies. In, and and uh, I especially like like that framing as you just gave for your son. I think that's. Um, a, th- a framework that I'm happy to apply to movies, even if that's not something to be taught in film school. I'm still learning how I want to feel about film, and so that is for for my film school, for our film school. I think that's a good a good thing to have. So we're going to talk about so many good things. We are finally going to talk about Mulholland Drive in, uh, in, in and, I guess, uh, weeks. And we all are going to get ready to, this week to see the cinematic masterpiece Cats. Because if you want to understand film, I really think Cats is where I, we have to Okay, so, so I'm going to go see uh, uh, Little Women on Christmas with my wife, um, which um, I'm fine I with. I like that. Um, yeah, I'm very excited to see that. I think that looks incredible, and I love Lady Bird. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the, really the, 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 the staff is what makes me care about that more than the novel. Um, Did you see the staff? Yeah. <laughs> is that I mean, look, what they're look, called? Anthony, he's the one in LA. He must be right. Yeah. yeah, all right. Yeah. It's like when people in Hollywood call movie shows. Okay, I got you. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm going to do. So <laughs> this picture show, the staff on it seems very good. No, the actors and the director. I was trying to figure out what to call all yeah. of them together. What the actors and the director? Yeah, no, but, I, but yeah, what's a short the name for that? Team? What's one word name? The team. Tell me it's better than staff. Oh, team's pretty good. Yeah. All right. Anyway, um, 
Uh, I feel like that's what I have to... I'm going to see that one first, but I also want to see Star Wars and Cats, and I just don't know when I'm going to have time for all these movies, let alone 25 goddamn dollars. Yeah, I, I want to see Uncut Gems, but I'm holding it off because I have to see Cats. <laughs> I'm very excited to see it this week. Heather and I are going on Tuesday, I think. I am looking forward to it. I can't wait to hear more about it. Well, I hope everybody out, uh, out there has a good holiday season. I hope uh, uh, you enjoy your time with your family, a.k.a. the, AKA the Star Wars of people. And you, uh, you see some movies, and uh, yeah, let, I guess I guess maybe this is where you're talking more about movies. Let us know what you're watching. Tell us what you know, find us on Facebook and Twitter, or send us an email podcast at redeshmove.com. Uh, tell us your your thoughts on on what we should watch and what we should learn. What are your burning questions about film? I guess as like if you are a film idiot, what should what do you want to know more about? Or if you are actually pretty good at film, what do I clearly need to know more about? So podcast at reeddeathweep.com. I'd love to include some of that in our planning. Um, Anthony, Merry Christmas. Nick. Thank you so much for another Nick. great, great year. It's been really fun. Happy holidays to you too, buddy. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Ez. Yes. Thanks for doing the show. It's always so great to talk to you. Yeah, it was real nice. I hope you have a, a lovely Hanukkah. Thank you. The play mix will be popping. The what? Oh, the playlist! I thought you said play mix. Yeah, the playlist! Oh, that's so cool. Um, uh, yeah, that's. Uh, that I'm, I'm sure it will be popping. I can't I, I can't wait to hear it. Uh, you guys... I well, might have said play mix because I forgot what those words were. That's fine. It's late. We'll talk to everybody next year. Year, we'll, we'll talk to everybody next decade. Take care, everybody. Bye. <laughs>